Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. What's today? Today is National Goof-Off Day. It's National Goof-Off Day. Do something fun and leave the work until tomorrow. When everybody else around is goofing off. Goofing around? You're goofing off? Like a bunch of goof-offs. What am I doing? I'm putting on a show. Okay, it's enough goofing off. Oh, happy National Goof-Off Day. It's showtime. 607 National Goof-Off Day, or as we like to call it, Wednesday. Wednesday, right. <laughs> Every day is a National Goof-Off Day for us. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Rick Worthington with us this morning. It is 31 degrees in downtown Boise. I am so sick and tired of the rain. I'm getting the hell out of here. You're going to Vegas. Today's my Friday. Going to Vegas. Uh, anniversary. By the way, today is my anniversary. I, I, I tell my wife anniversary. She'd normally be listening if she was in town at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's not in town. She already in Vegas? No. Uh, she's not going, remember? She realized after she got tickets right. that she had to be in Chicago by 7 a.m. on uh, Saturday for NAR business. So you get to be the oldest person in your group. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Does that mean you have an extra ticket and I could go to Vegas with you? Uh, no, my son uh, snatched that up immediately. Oh, yeah, immediately. He just, yeah, dibs, he, dibs. He, offered, he offered it to relatives first. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the... Uh, NCAA tournament gets back uh, once again, Sweet 16 tomorrow. Um, so, looking forward to that. Plus, anything else that happens uh, in Vegas will re- remain in Vegas. Just, just so you guys know. I think the, uh, by the way, the uh, Los Angeles Angels fans were really happy and sad last night. <laughs> it's going to be a little awkward, uh, I think, when uh, <laughs> the Angels get back together. Uh, because you have their two best players, um, one of them is going to win that battle last night, and I'm sure mm-hmm. Rick, you'll be talking more about this in sports. But United yeah, one, States, one did, <laughs> which I am sure will be uh, what turns out to be the most watched baseball game in history. Um, last night did not win the World Baseball Classic. No. Japan is on top of the world today, but, but the U.S. did come in second. Yeah. Did you uh, uh, did you see um I don't I don't the ratings aren't in for this uh game as of yet but in the semifinals against Mexico I guess 94% of televisions in Japan were turned to the uh world really? baseball 94%. That's pretty great. And keep in mind this happened their time um at 10 a.m. in the morning. So, Isn't that something? How much work was getting done in Japan? Uh, we talk about how little work gets done and how little production there is during the uh, first weekend of the uh, NCAA tournament. NCAA yeah. tournament. Could you imagine? It's like, hey, can we? Can I? I need this right now. Sorry. Wait till the end of the ninth inning, and then I'll get to you. You know, I think it's curious that Japan has caught on to baseball so much. I mean, they don't have. A lot that competes with baseball, though. I mean, they, they no, certainly they don't, have, don't have they don't have football, they don't have basketball, they don't have uh, other other things that take away from what is turned into their national pastime, and that's that's baseball. Yeah, and yeah, baseball is just people are crazy about it in Japan. I I, I love it, as you know. I'm a baseball guy, yeah, so that doesn't hurt my feelings. Which which, by the way, you and I are going to be loving beginning tomorrow because the is it tomorrow? I think the uh, season gets underway. 
Oh, yes. Major League Early. Baseball season? Yeah. I think I think it's. Uh, is I it thought tomorrow? it was. I thought it was later this week, but I'll, the, I'll tell you what. I'll look it up. The last spring game was uh, yesterday. So maybe it's next week. Do they have a week off before they get underway again? I don't know. Rick is busy working. I'm I'm gonna look real right. quick. Other things we're gonna be talking about today. Um, Mayor McLean, of course, a few weeks ago announced that she was running for re-election of the city of Boise. She officially has her first opponent who has thrown his hat into the ring, and that is a former Boise police chief, police chief Mike Masterson. We are working. Uh, efforting to uh, get him on the air with us uh, possibly this morning to uh, talk about that. Uh, Also, the uh, indictment watch continues. Day number four of Trump indictment. It didn't happen on Tuesday, as he claimed on Truth Social. It uh, might happen today-ish. He should, have, he should have posted that on speculation social. Is that what it <laughs> he, he could be indicted... The case is uh, set to reconvene today in the grand jury, the secret grand jury that, man, there's a lot of secrets that come out of this secret grand jury for some reason. Um, but he, the, the case is due to re- resume again today. Uh, grand jury meets Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for three hours. So um, apparently there might be another witness that uh, is going to be called today. Um, they are expecting that there could be an indictment come down today. There might not be an indictment that comes down today, uh, but they said that if there is an indictment, it probably um, Trump probably won't be paraded. Having, paraded, having to get his mugshot taken until next week when they work out a deal well, they, for him to turn himself in. They've already quoted him as saying that he uh, can't wait to be paraded in front of uh, reporters and stuff like that, and I thought, you mean... Like your normal day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get ready, though, because if mug, mug shots are taken, if he is indicted, uh, I can guarantee, as he continues to uh, run for president, that that's the photo that his opponents are going to be using. Right? <laughs> the mug shot? Yeah. Am I, am I wrong? Am I, am I wrong, in, wrong in assuming that? I don't know. Right now, the one they're using is one that somebody made up of him that... Uh, apparently has his hair as it would be were it completely untreated for the last several decades. Yeah, I saw that somebody had said, you know, dirty trick would be to turn the the big fan on and get his hair piece to, or his hair to go clear up and show his bald head, you know, take the mug shot that way. Rick, he does not have herpes. Come on. Herpes. Yeah, you Did said to get his hair piece is oh, what hair, I was trying. Hair piece. Oh. Do you yeah. have hair piece? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what Stormy Daniels had, but he could have herpes. <laughs> Speaking of storms, see the storm hit San Francisco yesterday. Yeah. Bomb wow. cyclone uh, winds up over 100. Did you just say Stormy Daniels hit San Francisco yeah, yesterday? Yeah. Uh, bomb cyclone Stormy Daniels. Oh, they wish it was just Stormy Daniels. <laughs> yeah, because uh, flooding <laughs> winds, a uh, lot of damage done. Uh, and That's then just, just on Market Street. I'm sorry. Massive amounts I, of snow I, falling I, in the Sierras I, once I again. I think there are people down there who would have easily paid $130,000 not to have to experience that. Yeah. Uh, no kidding. Um, so those are some of the things we'll be talking about. Also, uh, underway today the biggest music festival in the state of idaho will get underway um even bigger than it has ever been before we'll talk a little bit about tree fort as it gets underway coming up tonight um and just uh, ahead of sports here before we get into that another thing we're going to be talking about it doesn't happen very often i mean i'm pretty jaded when it comes to news um however when this news broke yesterday um man it 
it hit my heart and pissed me off so much. I don't know if I'm the only one. We'll share that story with you and see if you feel the same way about what happened in court yesterday in this case. That's coming up here for you this morning, too. Our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It's time for our first check on sports with Rick Worthington. It's brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA. Uh, once again, the place to go. They're open up in 45 minutes. Might not make your plans to get out there early. You can get your breakfast and get into work uh, before uh, 8 o'clock. Check out their menu, porkbellyidaho.com. And remember, Chef Wally currently working on revamping the whole menu. And uh, those announcements will be coming soon. All right. Spring training goes through Tuesday, March 28th, just so you know. So it starts Tuesday uh, the Major League Baseball Major League season will get Thursday. Next Thursday. I'm a week off. Everybody's off the 29th and, okay. uh, and the 30th is opening day. That's what I was just looking at as well. It's confirmation from our baseball guru over there, Chris Walton. That's what I like to see. Last night, World Baseball Classic, I was looking for numbers for what the official count was of who watched last night. I don't see that just yet. Yeah, they won't. I'm sure those numbers will come out. I just haven't seen it yet. So we should, we should all take guesses, and whoever's uh, furthest away from the guess has to buy uh, donuts. I'll set the over under at one hundred million people. <sighs> over or under? Over. I'll, I'll go under, just you know, because I want the donut. I would. I would say. And we're talking not just United States; we're talking Japan and U.S. Right? I think Total. the number for Japan is going to be somewhere. Upwards of 65 million. Yeah. And I can't imagine the, the United the States. Game, yeah, the last game was over that. Yeah. 65 million seems like a pretty good number for Japan. So if I'm guessing 35 million for the United States, mm-hmm. that puts us pretty close to the 100s. So that's how I get I'm that gonna number. I'm going to get some donuts. Uh, start with how many people have donuts. access to FS1 to start with. That's a good question. But I mean, I don't know. Don't yeah. most. Isn't every, it, every isn't t- it let's put it this way. Every TV I own has it. Well, and, uh, <laughs> I watched it last night. I watched it last night on MLB.com. Wanted to play this for you. Following Boise State's exit from the first round of the NCAA tournament, uh, Broncos head coach Leon Rice joined the fellas over on the ticket yesterday afternoon, ball game in Prater, and here's what he had to say about you know trying to win a game in the tournament. Upsets are hard. I mean, it's hard to win one game in that. And you look at, like you just said, all these teams that, you know, Kentucky, they got one and done. they got pro guys everywhere, they got McDonald's All-Americans, all that thing. It's hard for them, you know. So you just got to keep building on it. You got to keep knocking on the door, and eventually you break through. And, and I've seen a lot of programs that do that, and you know, you have to have that consistency to keep getting there to get those opportunities. I mean, two straight trips to the NCAA tournament isn't bad, Coach Rice. We appreciate it. And, uh, of course, it was Northwestern that won that game, 75-67. to uh, We'll hear more from Coach Rice. We'll hear the final call of the World Baseball Classic coming up in about 30 minutes. KBOI Newstime is 617. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The death penalty is off the table in the trial for Lori Vallow-Daybell. During a hearing at the Fremont County Courthouse Tuesday morning, District Judge Stephen Boyce made the ruling on a motion to dismiss the death penalty for Lori. 
East Idaho News reports Boyce granted the motion to remove it from the case to ensure the rights of the defendant to a fair trial are protected. Also during the hearing, Boyce ruled on a motion to compel prosecutors to turn over all written and recorded statements made by Chad while in custody. Lori Vallow Daybell and her husband Chad are charged with multiple counts of first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. For the deaths of 7-year-old Joshua J.J. Vallow and 16-year-old Tylee Ryan, two of Lori's children, along with Chad's previous wife, Tammy Daybell. I'm pretty jaded when it comes to news. It doesn't affect me, you know, a lot one way or the other. Uh, I have to say, last night in, uh, you know, reading this story, prepping for today's show, I don't know why this one hit me. Um. It, it it made me sad and mad all at the same time. What, that they've taken away the death penalty? Yeah. I mean, you have a 7-year-old and a 16-year-old who were found murdered, tied up, and put into a plastic bag, mm-hmm. or their plastic bag covering their uh, head. I can't imagine the horrificness of what they went through in the last hours or minutes of their life and i guess maybe maybe i'm close to this because i have kids and and if people that that have kids you know thinking about this it it it, it's just a heinous heinous crime and just to see the judge rule that there will be no death penalty in this um kind of it just hit me and i don't i don't know if anybody else it hit anybody else the same way um yesterday it it didn't it didn't hit me because of my basic feeling that uh death penalty and life in prison eh, to me they're 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 very close to to some people they're a world apart to me they're not to me it's a world apart for a woman not getting going to prison than a man not getting to do what you want for the entire rest of your life i think that's that's a pretty good punishment actually It'll be interesting to Speaking see as someone who likes to do what they want. If the uh, death penalty will also be taken off the table for Chad Debo, because it's two different cases. Just because Lori has the death penalty taken off now, Chad Debo has also been charged in the uh, killing of his uh, wife. Um, so I, I mean, you you have two different cases here. Uh, I know the uh, lawyers were also um, upset because they've received a massive amount of information and evidence from the prosecution as by law is required um but the whole thing of hey we want a speedy we're not waiving our right to a speedy trial we want a speedy trial and that was done on purpose it was done so they could be tried separately they didn't want to be tried together so chad waived his right to a speedy trial and laurie didn't they wanted at least half a chance that yeah. one of them would be uh, yeah. acquitted. So now, she, as her lawyers have waived the right to a speedy trial, now all of a sudden they got that right to a speedy trial. They're saying, wait, 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 wait. We don't want it that speedy. <laughs> so they're trying everything they can do to extend the trial. Judge Stephen Boyce, uh, in my opinion, rightfully so, yesterday I, yeah. said, no, you waived your right, or you didn't waive your right to a speedy trial. You wanted a speedy trial. This trial will get underway April 3rd in Boise. Yeah. I. By the way, I, I think the uh, the time period for it actually to qualify as a speedy trial ended a long time ago. <laughs> um, I, it'll be interesting to see how, this isn't going to be over soon either. 
I, I'm nah. I, I'm looking at month would be my guess. We should do the over under on that. Valo, by the way, yesterday yeah. all smiles following the decision and winked at law enforcement as she left the courtroom. I mean, she, she, she may be not to to a lot of us. I mean, you know, especially those of us who haven't been to law school, it seems like a very simple case. Uh, we asked you where your your kids were, and you didn't seem to care or want to uh, answer the question. You, <laughs> what you, did you, you do? You went you, to Hawaii. <laughs> you you lied about where they were. You pretended you didn't have any children at all. Uh, we found them buried in your backyard. Uh, all of your relatives who are fairly young died from nothing. And uh, hey, if if you want us to believe it's all a coincidence, uh, yeah, I might warn you that. Well, what was what's the old phrase? I was born last night, but it wasn't. I mean, I was born at night, but it wasn't last, last night. night. Yeah, two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Uh, what are your thoughts on the death penalty being taken off the ca- uh, the table? Go ahead and weigh in. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. gosh, he is funny. Kevin James <laughs> is in town. He might even be in town right now, as a matter of fact. Mm, possibly. I guess. Uh, he is going to be at the Morrison Center tonight. We have one final pair of tickets that we will be giving away this morning, so uh, lock it in. Um, we'll be giving those so, away. Uh, so for sure, there's no chance I get them. No, there's no, no chance. Okay. Um, we will be giving these tickets away uh, a little bit earlier <sighs> than we have the past couple of days, so uh, before 8 o'clock this morning, so those early risers, before 8 o'clock, lock it in, stay right where you're at if you want to win these tickets, because you will have to pick up these tickets before close of business here at our studios today. Uh, we close at 5 o'clock, so you'll have to pick up their actual tickets. If you want to win, stay right where you're at and uh, be ready to call at 208 336-3700 to be able to get in. Tree Fort gets underway today. Thousands of festival goers are about to descend on Boise. If you um, thought that maybe over the next five days you would be headed downtown to do some shopping or uh, go to a restaurant, um, might want to rethink that, especially at night times. Uh, As I mentioned, there are uh, 20,000 plus patrons, uh, 500 plus bands, that are expected on the streets of downtown Boise over the next five days. Among the new attractions this year, Treefort's relocated main stage after a decade of performing in the west end of downtown near the corner of 12th and Grove Streets. 
headlining acts will now take center stage at du- Julia Davis Park this year for the first yeah. time ever. So we won't be able to hear it from this building. No. Oh, Food trucks. Ale Fort will also keep the masses uh, fed and sipping from the same location. Another new feature, Tree Fort Music Hall, a 20,000-plus square-foot venue with a capacity of over 1,000 people. It's located at 722 West Broad Street, drew 950 people to its soft opening last Sunday. will host its first Tree Fort Act, Angel Abea, coming up tonight at 6.30. Other new venues, The Hideout at 700 South Capitol Boulevard, Old School and the Old Foothold School building at 618 South 8, and the bus station in the old Greyhound bus station at 12th and Bannock. There will also be uh, music emanated from makeshift stages all throughout downtown Boise and in bars and breweries, some of which will be free and open to the public. You won't have to have the tickets to Tree Fort. The, the music is free. Yes. Okay. You said bars and breweries and the word free, so I was just checking that yeah, out. The, okay. the, yeah, the booze and food won't be free. Gotcha. Uh, Tree Fort Bus Line, for the first time, will be running a new shuttle service that will loop through Boise with bands also performing on the bus. How cool is that? It runs every 10 minutes. It'll be available from 6 p.m. until midnight tonight through Saturday night. If you want to get more information or want to get your tickets, treefortmusicfest.com. Uh, you are encouraged to bike, walk, or scooter. Because there's going to be a lot of traffic. Let's get a check out what's going on uh, with sports. Once again, this morning, it's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go if you are looking for a fantastic meal, whether it be breakfast or lunch. Get in today. They're open up in 15 minutes. Good morning. We could talk baseball today. The two best players in baseball in the world's eyes locked for a split second, long enough to acknowledge each other and the sheer improbability of what was really happening. Top of the ninth, two outs, a one-run game. In the batter's box for the United States, probably the best player that wears a USA jersey in Mike Trout. And on the mound, Shohei Otani of Japan. And when this one was over, they would again be L.A. Angels teammates, but in that moment it was pretty cool. And here's what happened. Three and two, two outs, top nine, U.S. down a run. Otani set. Trout ready. The 3-2 pitch. Trout swings and misses. And Japan wins the 2023 WPC. Yeah, it was a three-minute at-bat. and It was a one-run game. And it's why you watch nine innings sometimes. Look, the, the two really are a couple of the best players in baseball. And to see them lock horns in that moment was pretty darn cool but congratulations to japan who wins the game by a score of three to two in what was probably the most watched game ever in baseball history and while i haven't seen the numbers as of just yet i could tell you that last night's game was pretty fantastic i'm rick worthington Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Once again, don't forget we have uh, tickets to Kevin James. Final pair of tickets we have to give away. Uh, that show is tonight at the Morrison Center. Lock in your speed dial at 208-336-3700. 
or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Those are also the numbers you need to go. No, if you want to win our $50 gift certificate to the Brunchettes. Three of them. You can use it at any one of their locations if you win this morning. It's the Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. For any and all your real estate needs, 208-888-4128. Uh, with the NCAA basketball tournament still going on, another round, Sweet 16 gets underway tomorrow. Uh, today has to do with basketball. Who are the teams that played in the highest scoring basketball game in history? Don't need to know the scores, total points, nothing like that. Who were the name of the teams? By the way, a couple of hints. The team still exists today, and the total was just under 400 points. If you know the answer, stick around. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The Secret Service would have to help arrange for Trump's surrender for booking and processing. So far, we're told the Secret Service has been given no notification that any indictment is forthcoming, no specific notice. And really, the earliest we think there could be an indictment would be tomorrow. The grand jury is not meeting today, and we believe they're expected to reconvene on Wednesday. Trump watch continues. Uh, that was a uh, report from yesterday. So uh, today, Wednesday, uh, the grand jury in Manhattan meets Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for three hours. So apparently there's supposed to be one more secret witness, and they're all supposed to be secret. It's amazing how many leaks have come out of uh, the secret grand jury testimonies so far this week. Tell a difference between a secret and what's not a secret. Uh, do you know about it? Yes. Well, if you do, then it's not a secret. <laughs> uh, like I said, it's supposed to be uh, a secret. Um, so the the expectation as of right now, by the way, the New York Police Department called out all 36,000 police officers um, to go to work yesterday because they thought yesterday there could possibly be the indictment mm-hmm. that was put out. There were protesters in uh, front of the uh, Manhattan where the the courthouse in in Manhattan where this was going on there were also counter protesters some say that there were more people protesting that Trump should be arrested than were saying that this was all a witch hunt which by the way is exactly what president Trump has said this all is yeah well i mean he uh, he has used the word witch hunt a few times to describe several things, actually. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're wondering um, what this case is uh, all about, take a listen. This New York State case involves what Manhattan District Attorney calls hush money payments involving Trump and adult film actress Stormy Daniels. She claimed she had an affair with then-reality TV star Trump in 2006. For years, she tried to sell her story to the press with no luck. Shortly before the 2016 election, Michael Cohen, not Trump, paid Daniels $130,000, according to court documents. Bragg's office says Trump later reimbursed Cohen. Bragg reportedly wants to turn a state misdemeanor, falsifying a business record, into a felony, believing Daniel's silence from the alleged hush money benefited Trump and put him over the finish line in the 2016 election. The DA potentially equating the payment to an unreported campaign donation, a violation of state election law and a felony. Bragg is entering uncharted legal waters. The feds did decline this case for a couple of reasons. First of all, whether it's a campaign finance violation at all, 
Brett, some developing news as I'm on the air right now. We just got a readout from a law enforcement meeting in New York uh, going over the potential reaction to a potential Trump indictment. Uh, according to those sources briefed in that law enforcement meeting, it does not appear that any arraignment will happen until next week, although things could change. But it looks like nothing going to happen this week per law enforcement. And it looks like a virtual option, which would allow the former president to appear virtually uh, online, is off the table. So it appears he will come in person if he's indicted. And according to law enforcement sources in that room, they are pushing the timeline back somewhat. Brett. So it looks like an indictment could be coming as soon as today. Um, however, no guarantee that it's going to happen today. And then uh, he would be arraigned next next week, uh, possibly allowing, uh, as we mentioned, to turn himself in. I, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. Never practiced law. Um, I I don't know what uh, a Manhattan DA is doing with his case, quite frankly. I, I, I don't get that part of it. Um, the Fed, federal government declined to pursue prosecution, as you heard in that case right there. This would be similar to the Boise DA trying to file the same well, if case if, against Trump, if he had lived in Boise at any given time. So I, I, the statute of limitations ran out two years ago, or I mean five years ago. Uh, there's a two-year statute of limitations unless it is a federal case. Yeah, well, then no problem. So the Manhattan DA, because we, we, we've determined that it isn't, <laughs> which by the way is just a borough DA. He's not the New York DA. He's not the New York City DA. Not a federal. Uh, district or not a, a district attorney, the federal level, which would be a federal attorney. Um, so it's just a, a borough DA who's trying to. I, I don't understand, and I guess maybe we'll find out um, as this case goes on if he is indicted, as he is expected to be. I I don't, I don't know if the DA will be if this is a dangerous thing for him as far as his job is concerned. I mean, if he if he does this, and for some reason Trump is found innocent, York, which which this is a hard case to prove. Yeah. Um, but you've heard, uh, as we heard earlier this week, um, uh, what was the the uh, the attorney um, Dershowitz said in 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 Manhattan and New York, you can indict a ham sandwich. You can even mm-hmm. <laughs> get a guilty verdict of a ham sandwich. Um, but if he doesn't get the indictment, or he goes to court and then Trump is found not guilty, or even on appeal, because I guarantee it's going to be appealed, goes to federal court or district court and found not guilty. Um, this is a bad look for the DA of Manhattan, I would think. Because um, millions of dollars in, will have been a, spent on this in a lot on a case of, in a lot might of places, not have... In a lot of places it would be. I don't think Manhattan is one of those places. No, but I think the taxpayers would have a problem with it. I mean, you're talking millions of dollars that has been if spent. Can, it's an 18-month investigation so far. If you can find a taxpayer in Manhattan. You don't think anybody in Manhattan pays taxes? I think Manhattan pays more lawyer fees than they do taxes. Well, but they still have people paying taxes, right? Some. <laughs> If you live there, you're paying taxes, right? Maybe. Maybe. Depends on how good your lawyer is. Uh, well, I, I guess if you want to break the law yourself, could possibly do it. 
by the way, this is not, and we'll we'll get to this here in a little bit too. This is not the only court case that's coming to a head this week. Trump has another court case um, that could come to a head before Friday that we'll talk about coming up here. And this is a federal case. Um, and we'll get more information on that coming up here shortly. Right now, though, got to get a check on what's going on with sports. Once again, it's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Get in today uh, for your delicious breakfast or lunch. You want to start your day um, with breakfast. They're open now. They've been open since 7 o'clock. Uh, and then, of course, you can get in for some great lunch, too, if you want to get in for brunch. Don't forget, tomorrow and uh, Friday, Sweet 16 gets underway. If you want to get in and uh, watch some of the games uh, there, I think, game. well, maybe not. Games won't be early, I guess. Tomorrow on Friday, what will they? They'll be later in the no. day and, and evening. So no, they'll be as close to prime time as they can get them. Yeah, get into Pork Belly, delicious food. Right now, they are open and have been as they are every morning at seven a.m. Good morning, I'm Rick Worthington. Kelsey Hall was named the Mountain West Softball Player of the Week for Boise State and the Mountain West after she went six of nine with ten RBIs last week. That's pretty good. She also had two more hits yesterday in Boise State's eighth straight victory. Here's Bob Beeler with more. The Broncos beat BYU 8-3 to yesterday. The lineup belted three home runs. Mackenzie Hanna, along with Alicia and Elia Flores, went deep, and Taylor Cottle pitched a complete game. Boise State is now 16-10 and overall and will host Colorado State for three starting on Friday. The Broncos are 3-0 and and on top in the Mountain West. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Some NFL news for you. Didn't know that we ever see him back on the football field, and after not playing all of 2022, Cam Newton was showing off his skills yesterday. He's only 33 years old. He threw in front of scouts at a Pro Day event at Auburn, where he won the Heisman Trophy back in 2010. The 2015 NFL Most Valuable Player was invited to throw at Auburn by his younger brother, former quarterback at Howard, who finished his collegiate career as wide receiver at Auburn. So, Cam Newton, how'd he do? Well, he didn't speak to reporters afterwards at Auburn, but during the workout, Newton threw more than 30 passes to several NFL hopefuls from Auburn, including wide receiver Shedrick Jackson, and NFL scout said he still got it. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722, Jeremiah Bates with us this morning. Uh, Dow futures are up a little bit uh, this morning, about 27 points as of right now. But if you've been invested in the stock market this week, um, you've made a pretty good chunk of change Monday and uh, Tuesday. And uh, a lot of this, people seem to think that it has to do with the uh, Fed set uh, today. You know, their meeting is happening today, so they, they they think that there's a possibility that the Fed might not increase rates as much as people were expecting with inflation going the way uh, it is. So they're pricing that into the stock market. However, I saw a story uh, yesterday, interesting story, uh, about that that's not the case, and this has more to do with a bond squeeze that is going on right now. What, what exactly does that mean? Yeah, it, so... If we're looking at the uh, the dynamic of the Federal Reserve, right? So bottom line is things have changed. And historically, when you look at intervention by a central bank where they're looking to tighten conditions, which clearly the Federal Reserve has been doing over the past year, generally that leads into something breaking. Now, 
could could you argue that that the bank the SVB and all the the runs on the bank was that the the failure was that the thing that broke in response to the Federal Reserve uh, hard hard to compare that exactly but the Jerome Powell's got a really tough has a really tough task ahead of him today because not only do they need to put concerns at bay around the the um Let's see, what's the word I'm looking for? The health of the banking system. They also need to acknowledge that inflation is still stubbornly high. You got to remember the inflation print on in February was 6%. The Federal Reserve wants to get it down to their target of 2%. So to get there, then they clearly need to stay on their rate hiking path. However, on the flip side, if they do take a more what you would call dovish tone, meaning let's imagine that they don't hike interest rates or they do a quarter of a rate interest hike and then they and then they take a much more subsided tone, meaning they're not going to be aggressive moving forward. Well, then that could cause concern around investors of, hey, wait a minute, maybe this banking issue that we've seen is worse than it actually is being portrayed because the Federal Reserve might be seeing something that we're not seeing. So that's why they're going to be become more accommodative. And the one thing that we're looking at in the in the bond picture as well is because when interest rates go up, bond prices go down. So it's just this inverse relationship. So this is what we've seen as investors, where we've seen these cons- what would be deemed as conservative investments. These prices are just getting completely pummeled to a rate that we've never seen historically. And now we have the Federal Reserve going into another key decision where we've seen a lot of bond volatility. We've seen a lot of volatility in the two-year Treasury yield as well throughout the week. I mean, to movements that we've seen over a few days that we haven't seen right. in over 30 years, right? So, yeah, you have a lot of you have a lot of investors holding the bag of these fixed income instruments, which are bonds. And when you get these interest rate fluctuations and you get these um, these swap traders trying to price in what the Federal Reserve is going to do, that mm-hmm. inherently affects these bond prices. And if, you, if you're looking at bond prices, which are very volatile, which, again, are looked at to be conservative investments and not, and and not yeah. volatile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and now what so, we're clearly seeing is that there's interest rate risk. Not too worried about default risk with bonds, but we're seeing interest rate risk, which is making these prices flow all over the place. I know, and we're out of time here, but just a real quick question is, is this why we're seeing a run to cryptocurrencies for no other reason? Now, this is interesting, and I want to touch on this tomorrow because over, I mean, the cryptocurrency space has been correlated, meaning it has tracked really technology stocks over this past few weeks. We've seen that disconnect, and we're seeing a tremendous amount of momentum in cryptocurrency. I think there's something more there that that certainly has my interest peaked. All right. We'll hit on that tomorrow. Get an update from you here in a few minutes. Looking like we're going to be up just a little bit uh, as we open up in a few minutes, and then uh, talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jets. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
Kevin James tonight uh, at the Morrison Center. Congratulations. Cassidy Lindsay is our final winner this morning. Cassidy, have a great time. Um, I know you will. Uh, great stand-up. Very funny. And uh, he's also a very clean comedian. So uh, congratulations. You got yourself uh, the tickets to go to tonight's show. Congratulations to all of our winners who uh, have won this week to uh, see Kevin James. Still on the way. Winning for you this morning. $50 gift certificate to the uh, Huck House the Blue Bench or the uh, Brunchette on the Lake in McCall. Any one mm-hmm. of those locations, if you win today on the Casper and Christie on your impossible question, you'll have a chance to uh, use it at any one of those locations. And once again, uh, we've been to uh, two of the three. We haven't been to McCall. If you can't get Kevin James tickets, breakfast is not so breakfast bad. Breakfast not so bad. Uh, we haven't been to the McCall to do a hometown breakfast yet. Maybe sometime in the future. I've been there. All three of them are fantastic, by the way. So, once again, we'll do that coming up here in just about half an hour. Got some emails um, and text messages to uh, get to here this morning. Uh, Clay from out west writes in, Are you kidding me? This DA in Manhattan will be a leftist hero. A martyr, in fact. I predict this guy will be running for mayor or governor, maybe even president someday. There's no better way to display one's commitment to the cause than to take on the big orange man. Elon Musk, I found uh, interesting yesterday, said that uh, if Donald Trump is arrested, he will win the presidency by a landslide. Now, I've heard people say that if he is indicted, that he will win the primary. Uh, Elon Musk is the first person that I've heard say he will win the presidency mm. if he is arrested. I just, I, you know, I, I know he has a lot of money, but in, in other ways, how does Elon Musk's opinion really outweigh others? Well, he gets to see how uh, people are... You know, that vote are talking on Twitter, I guess. I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, John writes in, uh, so if Bragg, who's the prosecuting attorney in Mm -hmm. Manhattan, does indict Trump, President Trump, for illegal campaign contributions for a friend giving his personal money to create a non-disclosure agreement with someone, phew, then it looks like Bragg will be obligated to indict Hillary Clinton. Also, for the Democrats, PP hoax, for there is documented $1 million given to Fusion GPS to create the story, and it wasn't claimed as a political donation either. If they do indict President Trump, it seems that this would open a can of worms for the Democrats. No, and not yet, necessarily. Yet, no, it, it probably no. won't. You know, because you have a tendency in politics Something that you're concerned about is important. Something that makes you look bad. Um, yeah, ignore that. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, about 95% of the things that are described by people as something that will open a can of worms, don't. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, you want to weigh in? You're always encouraged to take part in the show by doing that. You can also email us or text us, same as our main number. Right now, time for our final check on sports this morning. Brought to you by Pork Belly and CUNA. Don't forget, uh, follow Pork Belly on Facebook. Why? Because uh, you get to take advantage of specials. That's one way that you get to be alerted of specials at Pork Belly is by following them on Facebook. Good morning. Boise State men's basketball went to the NCAA tournament again this year. Their second straight trip to the NCAA tournament. They didn't win a game, but pretty big deal to get there back-to-back years. And now Coach Leon Rice has some recruiting to do. He stopped by KTIK yesterday to talk about recruiting. 
and says what he looks for when he's recruiting freshmen. And, and I'm really cautious. There's only two kinds of freshmen I'll take. Number one is the ones that are focused on real long-term development. And, you know, there's a patience to him, like Kobe. Kobe redshirted and played some this year. You know, his and his family and him know that it's a it's the long game. And that, you know, there was no prom, false promises made of, okay, you're going to play 30 minutes a game as a freshman. And then there's others that you know that they're okay. They're going to be good enough to play and contribute on a team as a freshman. And, you know, those are the, those are the two different kinds that I'll sign because – Otherwise, you're putting all this energy into developing guys, and they're, you know, they're not happy after one year. They're gone, and you know, you may have developed them, you may have had them in, in the rotation as seventh man, but they're not willing to do what like maybe a Naj did and have the fruits of their labor here. So Leon Rice has some recruiting to do. Of course, this comes after Boise State lost to the Northwestern Wildcats, seventy-five to sixty-seven in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But the Broncos going 24-10 and 10 on the season. And again, two straight trips to the NCAA tournament. Not bad, Coach Rice. I'm Rick Worthington. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. As the uh, West Coast is being battered by a cyclone bomb followed up by an atmospheric river this week, winds hit San Francisco yesterday at over 100 miles an hour, causing flooding, and then massive amounts of rain uh, turned into snow as it headed to the Sierra Nevadas once again, adding on to their over 50 feet of snow that they've received this winter so I'm far. listening for a clue as to why the music from Jaws is playing. Because something is coming to the southwest coast. Mm. A giant blob of seaweed is headed toward the Florida coast. A giant blob of seaweed. Now, most people would go, so big deal. This seaweed... Blob is twice the size of the United States. So the Southeast Coast. Southeast Coast, sorry. Southeast Coast. Um, It's so large it can be seen from outer space. It's headed towards Florida's Gulf Coast. It is around 5,000 miles wide, twice twice the width of the United States, believed to be the largest in history. Right now, drifting between the Atlantic coast of Africa and the Gulf of Mexico, the thick mat of algae can provide a habitat for marine life and absorb, absorb carbon dioxide. That's good, but that's while it's out at sea. The giant bloom can have disastrous consequences as it gets closer to shore. Coral, for instance, can be derived of sunlight. As seaweed decomposes, it releases hydrogen sulfide, negatively impacting air and water and causing respiratory problems for people in the surrounding area, not to mention it stinks to the high heavens. (laughs) That part I believe. Brian LaPointe, a research professor at Florida Atlantic University's Harbor Branch Oceanagot, Oceanographic, oceanographic, oceanographic. There we go. Institute told NBC News what we're seeing in the satellite imagery does not bode well for a clean beach year for Florida this year. It can also block intake valves uh, for things like power plants and uh, desalination plants. Marinas can get completely inundated, and boats boats won't be able to navigate through it. The impending seaweed comes as uh, Floridians along the state's southwest coast have complained about burning eyes and breathing problems already due to a red tide 
toxic algae bloom that has been going on for the last few months. Dead fish have washed up on beaches. A beachside festival has already been canceled, even though it's not scheduled for another month. Yeah, and they could have had a lot of free fish. Not sure if it's the fish you would like to have eaten. It's dead. Well, they are. Well, I've never eaten a live fish, so. Dead. So, once again, might want to rethink those plans if you are planning to head to Florida to do some beach yeah. time uh, a, a little bit. Uh, or, Orlando, probably fine. Later this They're year. In, yeah. the, in the middle of the state. Yeah. Yeah. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, coming up here, once again, still want to hear from you. Are, are you okay with the announcement yesterday that the uh, prosecuting attorney will not be seeking the death penalty? Lori Vallow Day Bill. We are just, uh, what's today's the 22nd? Uh, so we got, we got about two weeks in that case. The circus comes to town. Probably not quite as big a circus as it would be if people were going to uh, be allowed to have cameras, pictures. Mm -hmm. That will not be allowed. However, people will be allowed, if they wish, and can get a seat to go watch the proceedings. We'll tell you about some of the rules coming up here uh, that has been set forth by uh, Judge Stephen Boyce. But one of the things yesterday is that the death penalty is taken off the table. You okay with that? Personally, I don't. It, it doesn't bother me. I mean, to, to me, a life sentence, a death sentence, you know, they're out of commission no matter what. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Listen to KBOI online. Go to kboi.com and click the listen live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 758, currently 33 degrees in downtown Boise. Uh, coming up here for you this morning, 20 minutes from now, I've got a chance for you to pick up a $50 gift certificate to one of the brunchettes. And all you have to do is answer our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Looking to get into a new home this year? They can help you out, answer all your questions. Not only that, but they can uh, help you figure out how your credit rating, if it's not the best, how you can get take advantage of uh, credit ratings. And also, uh, load down payments. Find out by calling today, 208-888-4128. Our question today, what are the teams that played in the highest scoring game in basketball history? Whether NBA, college, whatever, what were the teams? Don't need to know uh, the score or anything like that. I will tell you, these two teams still are around. The uh, two universities are still around. And the winning team won by over 100 points. (laughs) So it is college. Okay. (laughs) Um, so if you know the answer, stick around. 20 minutes from now, $50 gift certificate to one of the brunchettes is yours if you answer first. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Nearly 500 people signed up to testify at Monday night's public hearing on the Meridian Library District. Just last month, a group called Concerned Citizens of Meridian filed a petition to dissolve the district, claiming the district and the Board of Trustees were exposing children to explicit material. CBS 2 News reports during last night's hearing, both petitioners and the library district were able to give testimony. Public testimony went on for nearly four hours as well. 
Many spoke out against dissolving the district, with others expressing their disapproval and urging the commissioners to take the issue to the ballot. With an overwhelming amount of people signed up for testimony, the hearing will continue on Wednesday night. So that hearing continues tonight. 500 people signed up to be heard in that hearing. Uh, I saw a video from the meeting on Monday night, and there were hundreds of people that were there. I don't know if it went outside, uh, but it looked like a packed house. I don't know if there's going to be a packed house again tonight, but that's the reason why they're continuing. You remember we told you that Mm -hmm. 80 County Commissioner Rod Beck had said that they will allow anybody who lives within the Meridian Library District if they want to talk, they will have a chance to talk, and that's so, why it's continuing tonight. You outside agitators, no, 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 <laughs> you can't come. Uh, it would be interesting to see if they can get through it tonight. I think they went about four hours on Monday mm-hmm. night. If they go another four hours tonight, and they still have people who haven't talked, are they going to continue it again? I don't know. They they haven't mentioned it yet, but that would be my guess. Yeah. Um, you could also see, I guess, possibly people sign up to want to talk tonight who hadn't signed up for Monday night. So you mm-hmm. could have even even more people trying to uh, weigh in on this. Um, we had talked um, with the spokesperson for Concerned Citizens of uh, Meridian earlier this week. Uh, Mike Hahn was on with us. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Once again, this isn't going to be a vote after all this testimony takes place. It, it's not going to be a vote to disband the Meridian Library District. That's not what this vote will will be. This will be a vote once they hear all the testimony. The commissioners will decide whether or not this will go on the ballot to allow Meridian residents to vote on whether or not well, to... Even Mr. Hahn said they don't really want to disband the whole thing. They would like to reorganize yeah. it and get some new leadership. But they they don't want to just completely get rid of the library. That's not their purpose. They've they've he also said, and you heard it right here. If you want to hear the podcast, it's available at uh, kboi dot com. That this has never been something that they have wanted to do. That everybody within the concerned citizens of Meridian believes that the library is a an amazing place. It's a wonderful place, and it's needed. However, he claimed that they have been working for eighteen months to try to get some of the books that they find offensive to children to have some sort of warning on them. Or too advanced for children, might be a way. Or too advanced for children. Um, To have some sort of warning and that the library just refuses to work with them. So after 18 months of not being able to get anything done, they said this was their, their next step in trying to get things changed. I mean, it, it may seem extreme to some people, but as they said, they've gotten to the point where they felt, wow, we had to, you know, make this step just to get noticed. And I was critical of the concerned citizens of Meridian before I understand uh, understood what they were looking for, because I, I thought, well, we didn't get our way, so if we don't get our way, we're going to make it so that you can't have a library anywhere in Meridian. You know, because that was kind of the tack that was taken by some of the reporting uh, early on in this thing. But in talking with Mike Hahn, I, I kind of, I get where he's coming from in the situation i get where the group is coming from and i don't have a problem with it because once i found out we're not trying that they're not trying to get rid of these books which by the way i'm against in any way shape or form in a public library you should not be banning books just because you think it's offensive you don't like it Mm -hmm. um even if it is offensive 
shouldn't be banning books in a public library. However, yeah, I, I get it where you might not want children, five, six, ten years old, even 12 years old, being able to check out certain things without parental guidance, parental knowledge. I, I get that. And he's not I even, mean, it, it seems odd that a five or six-year-old would be at the library without a parent, but I, I guess stranger things have happened. And this isn't the first library district that has had to undertake this. CUNA, we talked about this. Nampa libraries have all segregated books that are deemed offensive. Um, they haven't taken them out of the library. They've just segregated them, put them behind yeah. um, the librarian's desk, and they have to have an adult or a guardian with them if they're going to check out the book or sit down and read the book. They're not even, uh, Mike Hahn on Monday said they, they don't even want to go that far, although they would be acceptable with that. But they said they just want something as simple as a dust jacket put on saying this could be deemed offensive to some people. Just uh, just aesthetically, as far as I'm concerned, uh, putting them behind the desk uh, where only adults can check them out, I think would be preferable to me than having to put a new dust jacket on every book. But for the people who don't, people, there are some people who think putting them behind the librarian's desk that you can't have access to them unless the librarian gives you access is censorship. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, uh, if a kid sees that uh, a big label on a book that says, hey, I'm not supposed to be looking at this, the kid will take the book, go to the table, and sit and read it for an hour. Is that what you want? Yeah. I, I don't think so. That's what happened with record albums. As soon as they started putting <laughs> warning explicit lyrics, those things started selling, selling like crazy. Like 100,000 more copies each. Your thoughts, if you want to weigh in, like I said, the meeting is going on tonight. It'll get underway at uh, 6 o'clock. Um, you know, only those people who live within the Meridian Library District are going to be allowed to uh, give their testimony tonight. And then um, the after all the testimony is heard, the commissioners have, I think, a couple of weeks to decide whether or not that they would uh, put this on the ballot on the decision to disband the Meridian Library District. But uh, the testimony, once again, gets underway tonight at uh, 6 o'clock. KBY News Time is 8.13. Time for a final uh, check on what's going on. Not a final check, but a check on what's going on in Bronco Sports today. Stick around. We've got a $50 gift certificate on the way here in just a couple of minutes for the uh, brunchettes. Any one of the locations will be able to use it. It's Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Coming up next after Bronco Sports today. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. It is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128. Offices, Boise, Caldwell, Fruitland, Parma, Ontario, Oregon, even Sun Valley and Idaho Falls. Call today for all your real estate needs. Jim is going to get first crack at our uh, gift certificate today. It's a $50 gift certificate to the Brunchettes, and you can use it at any one of the Brunchettes, Blue Bench, Hug House, or Brunchette on the Lake. Jim, who are the teams that played in the highest-scoring game in basketball history? Just need the names of the teams. Uh, the Denver Nuggets and the Detroit Pistons. That is not it, Jim. Good guess. was high-scoring game, but not even close to yeah, what this game was. That's the highest NBA, but uh, the, the actual uh, game he's wanting to know about is not an NBA game. So. Kathy, uh, what's the highest-scoring game in basketball history? Who were the teams that played? Uh, Loyola and Michigan. 
Uh, another good guest. That is not it. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Carl, highest yeah, scoring game in basketball history. Who are the two teams that played? Uh, it's Troy State against DeVry. Troy State Troy versus State DeVry won. University of Atlanta. 1992, Troy won 258 to 141. Right. What what'd they Not do? Stop the, stop the clock so the, <laughs> until they got up the court? So that, would, that would be hard to score that many points, right? So, oh, well, it, it, it seems impossible, doesn't it? You remember the days when Loyola, Marymount, used to... Yeah. Uh, they used to score as, 130 points again. As fast as they could run up and down the... As soon as they got Hank over half court, and, they were shooting it. Yeah, Hank Gathers and Fennis. Not Fennis Dembo, but uh, what was the other guy? Fennis was uh, Wyoming. I know he was Wyoming. Um, um, I know who you're talking about. I can picture every 20 seconds by the winning team. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's absolutely amazing. Congratulations, Carl. Uh, it was uh, nearly impossible, but not impossible. You got a $50 gift certificate once again today uh, for the brunchettes. Bo uh, Kimble. Bo, Bo Kimble. Yeah. There you go. Um, Hank, uh, Hank Gathers, by the way, was the one who died mm-hmm. um, on, on the, the court. On the court, right. Um, some say from um, a uh, COVID vaccination. Is that too soon? Uh, no, not really. He, it was a long time ago. Yeah, it's, I, it, I was, it might be too stupid, but no, it's not too I was, soon. I, I was I, joking, yeah. I realize that. Uh, 208, some people might not, though. 208 336 Always those who do not. <laughs> Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. No worry if you didn't get a chance to win today, you missed the uh, answer to the question, or you didn't get through. We've got uh, two more days where you can pick up that uh, gift certificate to the brunchettes tomorrow and Friday. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 840, Trump Watch continues, by the way. Nothing yet. Even mind Manhattan two hours ahead of us. They meet for three hours, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Apparently meeting again today. Uh, more testimony. Don't know if that's a secret witness or just more testimony. Um, and then uh, indictment could or could not happen later today with uh, an arraignment possibly next week with Trump arranging to uh, turn himself in. We'll talk more about that coming up. Get your thoughts on the way. Also this morning, hope to ad- uh, we were efforting to try and talk with... Uh, Former police chief, you heard in the uh, news right there, uh, Mike Masterson announced this week that he running will be running for mayor. Yeah, yeah, running for mayor against uh, Mayor Lauren McLean or anyone else who runs. Asking to uh, have him come on the show to talk to him this morning, um, and did get a uh, message back from him. Says I am devoting the next few weeks to organizing my campaign infrastructure and begin fundraising. I'll have more to say in the future and would be willing to share at that time. Thanks for the offer. I've written down your contact info. When the time comes, uh, we'll be giving you a call. Oh, that's a Thanks, Mike Masterson. Very so, long, you know, no. The, the, the good news is, at least he responded. Uh-huh. Which is more than I can say for the current mayor, who has been asked multiple times to be on this show. I don't even get a no. <laughs> Not a later, not nothing, just crickets. So anyway, we'll look forward here in the next couple of weeks to uh, possibly be talking. That's, that's kind of an answer, though, you know? With Mike? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Without answering? Yeah, you're right. It kind of is, kind kind of of is an answer. Reasonably clear answer, actually. Yeah. Um, another item that we are discussing this morning concerns citizens of Meridian. Um, they have 
have a petition to try and disband the uh, Meridian Library District. That meeting's going on again tonight. So Monday's meeting, too many people. Or lots and lots of people. Mm-hmm. It was packed. Uh, Sandy writes in, those who attended... Um, were estimated by one of the commissioners to be between six to 800 people that showed up Monday wow. night. That's pretty good. It filled almost three rooms. No more testimony will be added to the docket for tonight. Only those who had signed up on Monday ah, I see. but didn't get a chance we were speculating to talk will be welcome that. tonight. We didn't know if, if more people could show up you know, tonight that right. hadn't been there before. But no, this is just for the overflow. Um, Sandy goes on to write, you can still send in emails, though. They had a three to four inch notebook full of emails on Monday night. Interesting. So you can't you can't live testimony, can't give live testimony, but if you want to email, apparently you can email and give your thoughts on the process. Once again, that meeting will get underway tonight, and uh, we've heard from um, Commissioner Rod Beck said that the meeting will go on as long as it takes to get everybody who is in the Meridian Library District who wants to talk. Nobody outside the Library District will yeah. be given a chance to talk, but if you're in the in the district, you'll be have a, a chance to give testimony tonight. Billy B. of Fruitland wrote in and says, uh, "Good Wednesday morning to all. Thank you. I haven't been able to listen for a while, so I hope I'm not doubling up on my take on this firing squad dilemma." Firing Squad kind of has that feeling of urgency and treachery about to take place very soon, doesn't it? It is. Death, the finality of life. Has anyone else beside me wondered what is so special about the chemicals used to kill someone who receives the death sentence? And why directly after coming out of that so-called pandemic are we unable to acquire the drugs used to kill a convicted person? Always mystifies me how we humans can have a very simple solution right in front of us, but we find it necessary to complicate the issue. The solution is coming across our southern border for free, fentanyl. Uh, you guys have a good day. That's Billy B. and Fruitland. I'll answer that by saying this, that, again, the problem here is not that we can't figure out how to kill someone. We have 10 million ways to kill someone. Uh, we have to find a way that can be agreed upon you know, by the courts and everything else that isn't cruel and unusual. Uh, so, well, I, it has to be approved by the legislature, it, you know, too, it, right? In the first it, and place. it has to be approved. The, the drugs used have to be approved. It's got absolutely nothing to do with coming out of the pandemic. They had quit using those uh, drugs for the most part, or they were hard to get before the pandemic even started. The problem that we have seen with the uh, drugs that are used for lethal injections is that the companies that make them are pharmaceutical companies. And pharmaceutical companies, we are finding out, um, don't want to make the drugs anymore because mm-hmm. the drugs are used specifically for one thing, and that's to kill people. And they don't want their pharmaceutical yeah, they, companies to they, be um, confused with somebody who's trying to kill somebody they don't when keep, they're trying to help somebody. They don't keep stats like in baseball, like with an average of, like, how many did you save and kill this year? Uh, but they still don't want to be associated with providing uh, you know, drugs that even even humanely take a life so that's the problem that you're looking at as far as getting the drugs so if the company stop making the drugs you have to come up with some other different way now is that way going to be another lethal injection you run into the same problem with pharmaceutical companies saying well no we're not going to make that because once again we don't want to well, be associated and, and with killing, killing some pharmaceutical companies too and this is too bad but it does actually work this way because they are you know companies in business to make money uh, if they find something that's too obscure that too few people will actually need, 
quite often they don't bother to make it simply because, you know, they can't make a profit on it. And uh, drugs that are designed to uh, kill someone as uh, part of uh, a death penalty uh, really aren't going to be used more than, you know, at most, probably, what, a few dozen times a year yeah. right, by that many people. I will say, however, with all the complaints that people have on the price that you have to pay for, say, diabetes drugs, mm-hmm. right, um, that it's ridiculously expensive, that pharmaceutical companies are gret gouging people because they have no place else to go other than those people right. who hold the patents on it. Here's something that a government would be probably be willing to pay. Oh, it, it cost us $10,000 for one dose to kill somebody. All right, we'd be willing to pay that. Right. You know what I mean? So they, I think they could still make some money off of it. But you remember that pharma bro guy? He ended up going to jail for actually a different thing. But they, you know, they asked him, "You're obviously gouging people who you know need these drugs to save their lives." And his attitude was essentially, "You know, we're not really in the life saving business so much as we are in the money making business. And if it's not making us money, uh, there's no point in it." it you know, it's a sad thing to hear, but it's 100 percent true. Right, they're not. They're not in business, in business to be altruistic. In business school, in business school, they teach you that the point of business is to make money. Yeah, two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Uh, you can also email us if you would like. Uh, easy to get through there. Phone lines are open as of right now. Um, email Chris at kby dot com or Mike at kby dot com. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 853-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. You can uh, text us. Do you want me to read? I also got that uh, email um, well, I, didn't, I didn't understand it, but yeah, I guess he, you do. So he's talking about the joke that I told uh, <laughs> about Hank Gathers dying while on the basketball court, and I said um, he probably passed away because of uh, COVID vaccination. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, too soon. So he's talk, when he says, great joke about COVID vaccination causing death requires some current background information. He means your joke My joke that I told, yeah, not okay. a joke that he has. Right, okay. Um, and he goes on to write, reports of death after COVID-19 vaccinations are rare. Furthermore, the FDA requires healthcare providers to report any death after COVID-19 vaccination to VAERS. That's after every vaccination, not just COVID, by the way. Even if it's unclear whether the vaccine was the cause, report to VAERS following vaccination include deaths do not necessarily mean the vaccine caused a health problem. More than 672 million doses of COVID vaccines were administered in the United States from December 14th of 2020 to March 1st of 2023. Through March 1st, VAERS has received 19,476 preliminary reports of death cdc and fda uh, by the way that's 0.0029 percent cdc and fda review these reports including death certificates autopsy and medical records continued monitoring has identified nine deaths casually associated with johnson and johnson jansen covid19 vaccination cdc and fda continue to review the reports of death following covid19 vaccination and update information as it becomes available there has been an increase in the deaths of those originally vaccinated but have not followed up with the uh, boosters, that's Joe. Joe, that's okay, a so well thought out email. What was his, his his point then? Was that there really aren't that many? Yeah, I, okay. I think that's that's his point. And a lot of people, and we've had people call in before and says, if you look at VARES, there's there's thousands and thousands, and it's like you don't understand how the VARES yeah. website works. Doctors are required by law to report 
That's why I said not just COVID vaccinations, any vaccination, if anybody has an adverse effect, uh, uh, effects and dies, well, I mean, you for know, whatever reason, they're required you, to report it to the various even website. Even if you don't see a connection, like, for instance, a guy gets the vaccination and a week later dies of a heart attack. Yes. You still have to report that. Yes. So and then they, then they I mean, do an investigation. Again, that could be uh, that could mean there's a connection or it might mean there's not. You yeah. never know. Yeah. So thanks for the info, Joe. Uh, I'm glad you got the joke. There we go. Oh, okay, next was me. Uh, let's see, Denny in Nampa wrote, and he says, Hi, Chris, I have another item of interest that would be a dandy to use in your impossible question segment. To wit, which state is the only state... I'm, okay, I'm going to blow it here by reading the question. To wit, which state is the only state whose state seal was designed by a woman? Clue created in 1891. Answer, Idaho. I was just going to say, I know the answer to this state one. seal was designed by Emma Edwards Green in 1891. I always enjoy your show and hope you are all in good health. Thank you, Denny. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. And well, sorry, I basically blew the question, but we can use it again sometime when everyone's forgotten it. We'll take a break. Uh, coming up after news at the top of the hour, we told you a little bit earlier, uh, we're on Trump Watch. Nothing as of yet as far as uh, an indictment yet today. Could be coming today, maybe not. However, um, this is not the only um, legal problem that he has. As a matter of fact, the other one he's going to be dealing with this week could be much bigger than this. We'll tell you about it coming up. I'm sorry. I guess I missed I missed the time. I was off by oh, a yeah, minute. We are a minute. Yeah, I was off by I thought it was next hour already. See, I am already on vacation. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Uh, another email, uh, Robin Meridian writes, uh, you guys mentioned a Trump DeSantis possible ticket for 2024 yesterday. I don't know if that was us no, I, or somebody I, else who no, had I, written in. I, I mentioned it, but I said, Did you? It, okay. I said at this point it's an impossible ticket. I said, but, the, you know, the, these are two guys that are both very popular among Republicans, various ones, but they seem to be in a war with each other. Why don't they just team up? But A DeSantis-Haley ticket seems to me would be more realistic. This coming go. from a guy who voted for the Donald twice. I love him because he's nuts and doesn't hide it. He got results, great economy until the China flu, good border control, energy independence, and worst Korea, Venezuela, and shy and Soviets all behaved on his watch. That's from Rob in Meridian. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. We don't know if they're going to indict or when, but there is a lot of anticipation. It could come as early as today. Uh, and if it does, it's going to be a process. Donald Trump, we understand, will turn himself in, come to New York to turn himself in. There's been preliminary discussions with the Secret Service and the NYPD, and I am also told he will want to make a spectacle of this. So uh, he will be booked, and then he will want to portray himself as a victim. Um, I That doesn't sound like him. Totally believe they don't want to make a spectacle of this because I think Trump believes that there's no such thing as bad publicity mm. when it comes yeah. to his political to career, a, even his personal career. To a degree, yeah, I guess I would. I think that I he can agree with that. build up sympathy on this. It, it can also uh, help to prove what he's been saying all along, that uh, justice departments are weaponizing against him and his run for president. You've had uh, congressmen who have said that they think that this will help him in his run for president. I told you about Elon Musk yesterday giving an ominous warning, mm-hmm. saying that if... Donald Trump is arrested. He'll win by a landslide. Musk is convinced that if Donald Trump is arrested, he will be released quickly and that 
Martyr status will earn him many more voters. Now, d- does he say that as as a warning, telling people not to arrest Donald Trump because of that, or is he just okay with it? I, th- I think he's just warning that if he does get arrested, be prepared. Donald Trump already knows this, and he is taking every possible advantage that can play in his favor during the 2024 presidential campaign. At the end of the day, final race inside the Republican Party will be Trump against Ron DeSantis. Whoever wins that race will be the one running for president in 2024, and this undoubtedly will help Trump in the long run, unquote. That's from Elon Musk. Hmm. Now, we are watching to uh, see once again... The grand jury could vote on possible Trump charges today. We still don't even know for sure if he is going to be indicted. The, the grand jury, now it's, it's not hard as we heard, you know, one lawyer earlier this week saying a ham sandwich um, could be indicted in uh, Manhattan um, fairly easily. But we don't know Man- for sure yet whether Manhattan. or not he'll be indicted. Manhattan is a place where a lot of people do not eat ham. New developments in Trump uh, case. This is could come to a head also this week. So even with this case going on, this isn't even the most important case that he could be having to deal with. There's something more serious out there that could also come to a head this week. Now to our ABC News exclusive on developments in the investigation into Donald Trump over those classified documents found at Mar-a-Lago. Sources told ABC News that a federal judge has determined there is preliminary evidence that the former president may have broken the law. Our chief Washington correspondent, John Carl, is here with the story. Good morning, John. Good morning, Michael. Amidst all the speculation about a possible Trump indictment coming from the Manhattan District Attorney, there's a major development in a separate federal investigation uh, involving potentially much more serious charges involving his handling of classified documents. Added security is in place in New York amid growing anticipation Donald Trump could be indicted as soon as today in a case brought by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg regarding hush money paid to porn star Stormy Daniels. But Trump faces multiple criminal investigations. Sources telling ABC News a federal judge has determined that there's enough compelling preliminary evidence that Trump broke the law in another case, the special counsel's investigation of Trump's handling of classified documents. Judge Beryl Howell's order is sealed, but sources described its contents to ABC News, saying she wrote special counsel Jack Smith provided enough evidence, quote, that the former president had committed criminal violations. In particular, prosecutors say he knowingly misled his attorneys so that they would file a sworn statement last June that he knew was false, claiming that a diligent search of his Mar-a-Lago estate found that he had turned over all the classified documents in his possession. I had a small number of boxes in storage at Mar-a-Lago guarded by Secret Service. Prosecutors say more than 100 additional classified documents were found two months later when the FBI searched his premises. The judge's order doesn't mean that Trump is guilty or that he will be charged, but it does mean that prosecutors have presented compelling preliminary evidence he may have committed a crime. Trump has repeatedly denied any wrongdoing in his handling of classified documents. Two of Trump's lawyers had claimed attorney-client privilege in refusing to testify in the case. But the federal judges ruled that the privilege can be pierced because there's enough evidence Trump misled them and broke the law. 
The judge ordered one of Trump's lawyers to hand over a number of records. Sources telling ABC News that includes handwritten notes, invoices, and transcripts of audio recordings, all related to what the judge called Trump's alleged criminal scheme. Trump has appealed the judge's order, and a three-judge panel has stayed the order while the appeal is heard. So that's another case. How many lawyers uh, is he, does he need this week, for crying out loud? You know, you're you're fighting a battle on uh, various different fronts, which you know, when it comes to war, you never want to do. I don't know if it's any different when it comes to running as president. You probably don't want to have to fight a war on different fronts, too, but it looks like he's going to be having to do that this week because all of these are coming to uh, a head yeah. this week. I find it interesting, once again, and we talked about this this morning, secret grand jury testimony. Supposed to be secret, not supposed to be out, but yet we've known who the people in front of the grand jury are. We've known what they're going to say. Right there, U.S. Judge Beryl Howell ruling, sealed. Yet somebody is talking and said, here's what's in the sealed documents. Yeah. I don't know if it's against the law, but... I mean, it's great for you know television, news talk, radio, um, journalists to be able to They're get the, these secrets out. But it seems a little weird that so much so much of this stuff that's supposed to be secret is getting out. Right? There, there is a term that exists called "open secret," but that was actually created as a joke to begin with because open and secret are opposites. <laughs> yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon uh, wireless. If you want to get through, you can also email us, mike at kbui.com and chris at kbui.com. Text message uh, in no name on this says, at this point, it should be totally obvious that rules only apply to certain people. Many other politicians who blatantly broke the law were never charged or faced any real consequences, so the fact that they're singling out Trump makes the government look illegitimate. I don't know why anybody is pretending otherwise at this point. No. Yeah. It's always like fishing. You know, there are, you know, there, there could be a thousand fish underneath your boat, but you're probably just going to catch one at a time, and mm. probably you're not going to catch all of them. On the um, other hand, you know, they, they do occasionally prioritize who they go after. It's entirely possible that the people going after him simply do not like him. Another one uh, says, I'm almost certain the New York prosecutor knows there is absolutely no way to win this case. However, I do believe... Um, he plans to drag this out all the way through the campaign season. If they can keep him off the campaign trail, I think it's their end goal. They won't. It, it's not going to keep him off the no, campaign it's trail. Not. It's not going to keep him from running. It's not going to keep him from winning if he wins. It's not going to keep him from doing anything. It won't, believe it or not, it won't even keep him from serving as president. He could no. be indicted, found guilty, and could be the president of the United States mm-hmm. in prison. It, 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 of course, is, uh, how should we say, unprecedented. It would be really but, unprecedented. No, it's not going to stop. He, I, I don't know why people really try to stop him from doing much of anything, because nothing stops him. Yet he figures out a way to just keep doing, you know, what, what he wants to do, which is why a lot of people like him. They like him for that. Yeah. And, and once again, I think, I, I don't. I don't know Trump. Uh, I haven't talked to anybody in his inner circle. We've heard from, you know, a lot of people think this is helping him out. I, I, I truly believe that Trump thinks, once again, who are we talking about? Are we talking about anybody else who's running for president? Are we talking about Biden? Are yeah. we talking about, you know, Nikki Haley? Are we talking about possibly uh, DeSantis running? 
There's only no- so far what only uh, uh, Trump, uh, Haley, and uh, Marianne Williamson. I think are yeah, the only ones I think who those are the only three. Bi- Biden is expected to, but he hasn't announced yet. DeSantis hasn't announced as of yet. But I, I truly believe that in, in, in political circles, um, you know, it might be true that there is no such thing as bad publicity. Uh, here, no name on this uh, text message, by the way. And it's like you say, I mean, his idea of what's going on here is not, I did something wrong and people are calling me on it. His idea is, I'm being persecuted because people want to stop me. And to him, that's not bad publicity. Yeah. Um, text message here says, oh, my God, you guys are obsessed with Trump as much as the Democrats are. You should be talking about Hunter Biden and his dad, about their shenanigans with the uh, Ukraine. Yeah, we're not exactly obsessed with that because we don't have anything new. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if there was something new, if this was breaking an, an investigation, um, say, uh, a district attorney or a federal prosecutor could, was going to start investigating that today, trust me, we'd be talking about I, it, but I nothing could, new has happened. I could go the Bongino route and say, well, it's obviously he's guilty. It's obviously, he, you know, he's guilty because all Democrats... Democrats are guilty of something. They're all just treacherous and want to take down America. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break here. Phone lines are open if you want to weigh in. Uh, if you are on, Kevin, stay right where you're at. I promise we're going to get to you. We need to take a break here. Uh, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 920-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, Kevin and Caldwell listening on 93.1 FM. Thank you for being patient. Good morning to you. You know, I think I listen to you guys on about everything nowadays. Every app, every station. Nice <laughs> Good for you. Nice, nice, nice to be able to reach you. I even caught you when I was down in Mexico this winter. It was awesome. This little KBI in Mexico got a good laugh out of that. Hey, um, <laughs> this morning I watched what I consider the most, foremost constitutional attorney in my lifetime, in 60 years of my life, and that's Alan Dershowitz. And he did a quick bit on TV how he is a Democrat he did not vote for Trump, but the reasons why this indictment is so wrong. And number one is the fact that it has a two-year um, statute of limitations. And the only excuse they could have for not following that is they couldn't find him in those two years <laughs> while he was in the White House. So Whoops, I don't, think, I don't think we can use that one. <laughs> nope, I think that's out. And the second thing he said is, is it comes down to they have to prove that he did this intentionally. He paid this and he, he disguised it. Well, they say he disguised it as a legal fee, the payment. And what they'd have to prove was that he did that to hide it from the election authorities or whomever. Yeah, that's, that's a high bar. Trump says, which Trump says he hid it from his wife and family. Well, that's why he paid whatever it was, $250,000, was to try to keep her from coming out and, and blowing that in front of his you know, wife and children. He obviously cheated. And that's what NDAs are all about. So he didn't just go and put a legal fee in there or, or you know, make a payment and say, yeah, I paid off a whore. Um, so what he did... Uh, now, let's, let, let's not call her what she's... She's a porn star, not a whore. Okay. But, but, but regardless, Tomato. they have Tomato. a high bar to prove, which is, 
did he do it to hide it from the government or hide it from his wife? And I, I'll tell you what, if it was me, I was hiding it from the go- my wife. I would, I don't, I'm not afraid of the government. I'm afraid of my wife. But, <laughs> Sounds fairly sensible. And, and I wouldn't do that. But, I mean, when that comes from a guy who, like Alan Dershowitz, and, and he went off then and said, you know, there's so many other places they could pursue Donald Trump. He said, this is a waste of time. And what concerns me is they may convict him on this thing, or they may indict him, and they may you know, throw him in jail. But once again, it's going to get thrown out by the Supreme Court. And then we're going to have further division in the United States. The left is going to say, oh, well, that Supreme Court stacked with Republicans. Obviously, they didn't see the legality in it when the legality is truly on Trump's side on this thing. And people like Rich are going to be really upset and crying in their, their soup again. So. I don't. You know, I don't even think it. You're going to have to wait to the Supreme Court for it to get thrown out. I, I think it would get, on a basis of law, get thrown out at the district court level if he is indeed found guilty, or the you know the federal court level before it even got to the Supreme Court. That would be better because that would that way they couldn't blame it on a you know a Republican loaded Supreme Court. But yeah, it's sure. I just sure hate to see these divisions. I just wish people would be honest, and you would hear what I heard this morning across national news at the national level instead of some little sidebar news program that I happen to see. You know, it would be nice to see that because Ellen Dershowitz, I really respect what that guy has to say. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's good. Well, and I'm all glad right. you, I'm That's glad all. you brought up. He is not a Republican. He's a Democrat. Didn't vote for Trump. He, he matter of fact, there's no love lost I mean, between him se- and Trump. Seriously, how, how, <laughs> how unusual is that to hear somebody say, I'm a Democrat, but I don't think that Trump should be prosecuted. Yeah. And once again, he's not gr- he's not going under emotion. He's going under actual facts of law yeah. as as he sees it as a lawyer. Thank you for and the call. The re- re- okay. Thank you for yeah. the call, Kevin. Appreciate it. He says that's where the respect comes from. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dave writes in uh, Mike at KBY.com. I would like to see every politician investigated. They would be all in jail or fine. They're all guilty of something, and really, we all are guilty of something. The bottom line is none of them are as honest and law-abiding as they try to make us think they are. Trump is still the most honest out of any of them, in my opinion. I said something uh, about this earlier when in talking about Congressman Santos. Um, and... and all the lies that he was found to have made. And, and people were saying, why is Congress not impeaching him, getting him out? Why is there not an ethics investigation? And my opinion and hypothesis yeah. is that if you're in charge and you say, we are going to investigate him for the lies he have told and we're going to kick him out of Congress, that person would be put under a microscope so quickly to see what lies they've told. And if you're pushing to kick somebody out because they lied, then you better be prepared to have people want to kick you out because you lied. And once again, only my opinion, but I think almost everybody in Congress has probably lied at one time or another, right? Mm. I don't know. Uh, You know, the mystery is part of the fun. But he definitely did. (laughs) Yeah. Two oh eight, but I but I think that's why he hasn't been kicked out as what, of yet. What, what gets all me, they do is criticize though, him. Is, 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 is here's a guy. I mean, who knows? He's he was running for an office in the public eye, and he puts directly in his ads and his resume and, and everything a whole bunch of stuff that he hasn't done. That it's easy to check the internet and figure out. Mm-hmm. It's shocking it's, that it didn't get found out before he got elected, right? Well, and to a certain extent. Uh, other people have said, well, yeah, now that we know he's a liar, we're probably going to reelect him. 208 336 pounds, 670 on your Verizon wireless. So need to take a break, uh, get to news here. When we come back, 
spokesperson for Concerned Citizens of Meridian, Mike Hahn, has agreed to uh, give us an update what happened on Monday, what he expects tonight. We'll uh, check in with him and get a uh, quick update on that meeting uh, about the library district, Meridian Library District. That'll be coming up next after news. Don't go away. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. 934, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless if you want to uh, get through this morning. Monday, uh, we talked with uh, Michael Hahn. He is a spokesperson for Concerned Citizens of Meridian. Uh, they had their first meeting on Monday evening, and uh, estimates of around six to 800 people showed up at that meeting. Apparently, not everybody had a chance to uh, give testimony, right, Mike? Uh, that is correct. Yes. So it's continuing tonight. What do you? First of all, just wanted to get you on for a quick update. What happened in uh, Monday night? The testimony. Uh, give us uh, your point of view on what happened on that. What did you hear from people? Well, you know, we had an opportunity to present our case, uh, and so did, of course, the, the library folks, which is all we ever wanted to do. And uh, to have that many people show up based upon uh, submitting uh, one piece of paper uh, to the county courthouse, uh, I think it was an absolute success. (laughs) Did uh, a lot of people, from my understanding, didn't understand what uh, concerned citizens of Meridian um, have been doing and were doing and, and what everything is happening with the vote here on whether or not to put up for um, a vote coming up sometime in the future of disbanding the Meridian Library District. Um, were there people that got information that they didn't quite understand originally and what you guys were trying to do over the last 18 months? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there were actually people over the weekend handing out flyers in front of the library, which actually breaks their own rules, uh, basically saying that extremists were going to dissolve the library, and that was far from the case. We were actually there to ask the Ada County Commissioners to put it on the next general ballot, which actually now will be November, to whether or not uh, to uh, put our petition initiative on the ballot. And that's just part of the process in reestablishing our library, because we frankly have exhausted all of our uh, options, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, We've been talking to the library board over the last 18 months, and they've always said no to just basically labeling or indicating somehow uh, that there is sexually explicit material in these books that are available to children without parent, without parental consent. That's all we asked. But, you know, the answer's always been no. Do they give an indication of why the answer's always been no? Well, they obfuscate by saying that it's protected by the First Amendment and it, it's not disseminating uh, sexually explicit information to minors is not um, uh, protected by the First Amendment at all. Do they ever have any any problems with y- your definition of sexually explicit? Well, the the definition is in law. Uh, there, there's a code eighteen fifteen fourteen that basically says explains it right there. And then the other part of it is community standards. I mean, if you saw some of this stuff. Uh, you know, you as a parent or even a grandparent, you'd probably not want to show this to some of your kids uh, or, or any of your kids. So, you know, it's, it's codified in Idaho code 
And then there's the community standards part of it, too. So tonight, uh, meeting 6 o'clock again? Yes, 6 o'clock. They're going to try to finish up the list. I have no idea how many people are on that list. But uh, we then have a, each side has a five-minute rebuttal. So uh, I'll be there uh, with bells on uh, to give our uh, final uh, rebuttal, which is, you know, just as an FYI, through this whole process of people coming up and talking and telling us how much they love the library, and we love it too, Nobody has offered a solution, and I and I have to applaud the Ada County commissioners on this. They're trying to figure out if there's a solution other than this, and we we would welcome a solution, but you know it seems like the library people aren't they, interested in a solution. They don't offer a solution apart from you not getting what you desire. Exactly right. right. Yeah. So, if they were to uh, come with a solution and say, uh, you had mentioned on Monday, for instance, that you said, you know, something as simple as you know putting on a dust jacket you know, warning that these could be offensive to um, minors. Say they say they came back with something similar to that, or even if they said, all right, we're going to do what CUNA, we're going to do what NAMPA does, we're going to put these books behind the library desk, and the only people are going to be allowed to check them out um, are, you know, if, if a minor comes in is if they have a parent or guardian. If they come back to you and say, hey, look, all right, we agree, we may be overstepped, um, we'll do this. Would that be the end of it there, or would you still take this? Want to still take this to a vote in November? Well, I mean that's a step in the right direction. I, I, I would say that hey, let's let's put it to a vote in November uh, and and let the people decide and put the onus on them to come up with a uh, a solution to this. And if they come up with a solution that works, I will personally campaign against that vote. So there you go. I said it on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's true. Record that. Uh, save that for us, uh, Nathaniel. Uh, Mike, uh, thanks once again uh, for giving us just an update. Once again, sure. uh, if they want to go, where's the meeting taking place tonight? Uh, tonight it's at the Ada County Courthouse. It's at 6 p.m. You can show up, but I don't think you can sign up to, to speak because they're just right. trying to get through the list from Monday. But, hey, if you support our cause, show up and show your support and uh we'll be there we'll be there probably till 10 o'clock so. but the public the public is invited even if they're not going to give testimony absolutely. correct all right absolutely yes uh mike appreciate you taking a couple minutes just giving us an update uh for us this morning much appreciated sure okay thanks there you go 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless if you want to go tonight you won't be allowed to give uh testimony but uh if you want to go and give support one way or the other um, you are invited to do this. This is a public hearing tonight. Mike in uh, Meridian, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning, gents. Hey, it's interesting that Mr. Hahn and his group have just now revealed that their real intent is not to do away with the district, but if, in fact, uh, the uh, vote was to d- dissolve it, that they would then set about to reconstruct it. They've never said that before. This is all new information, and I think it's simply to confuse a couple of commissioners that could potentially be easily confused into saying, well, gosh, these guys don't really have a nefarious objective. They just want to do good things, and uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. And I don't know because I'm not in those meetings, but uh, Mike, when he was on with us on Monday, I don't know if you heard that interview. I did. I did, um, in fact. He he did say that they've been trying to do that for the past 18 months with the library board and have gotten nowhere. Uh, no, what he's been saying is that, you know, to get uh, some of these changes made, which I don't disagree with, 
But the fact that they're now saying that uh, they would not just move to dissolve it, but they would then move to recreate it, they've never said that before. They've never said that before until their your show on Monday. Hmm. Never. All right. So, interesting. Do you, well, but do you believe that's what they want now? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if <laughs> they don't, he, yeah. he just said it and <laughs> said, hey, I, I just said it on the radio. So, um, know. you know, we have it on the record as of right now. Yep. So, yeah, we've got but, it on the record. So. I don't. I don't necessarily believe what uh, he's su- suggesting. Thanks, gents. All right. Thank Thanks you. for the call. Uh, another item I wanted to talk about this morning. I was really. We, we had heard already and told you earlier this week. Firing squad bill going to the governor's desk, uh, awaiting his official John Hancock. Um, it's. It, it passed with a number high enough that uh governor can't veto it so it's a veto proof uh vote um i really really had hoped that possibly Lori vallow daybill would be the first person that if she was found guilty would be you know got to use a firing squad against although we heard yesterday judges uh taking taking the death penalty off the table i wonder how many women have been executed by firing squad I don't know it, what the to- it, I know feels, Idaho has executed a it, woman before. It, it feels as if it wouldn't be a very large number. Yeah, and, and and you're you're exactly right because the massive majority of people in our prisons are men. Mm-hmm. There Most, has all but one on death row in in Idaho is is male, and there has been a woman in Idaho, if I remember correctly, who has been put to death in the past before. So she wouldn't she wouldn't be the first. Although now it's not going to happen at all because death has been taken off the table um, if she is found guilty. There are other rules that will be going on, by the way, that the court has laid out in a six-page document outlining expectations for courtroom behavior during the trial, which will get underway here in Boise on April 3rd. Cameras, as we've told you before, not allowed in the courtroom. The trial will not be broadcast, which is kind of unfortunate because I think there would be a lot of people who would have interest in listening in on this or watching mm-hmm. it if they if they could. True. Some seating will be reserved for counsel and family members of the defendant and victims. The public will be allowed inside the courtroom via a reservation system through Ada County. So if you want to get reservations to uh, go into this, you want to go to Ada County website and make your reservations. Media will not get priority seating no standing in the courtroom will be allowed so it, it, there will not be standing room only it's not like concerts or basketball games that get sold out and they start selling standing room only seats um, once the seats are filled that is it there will be two areas offered for overflow viewing of the public portions of the trial trial one will be an Ada county courthouse the others will be offered at the madison county courthouse reservations will still be needed even if you're going to be watching the case in Madison County. However, you may have a better chance at driving to Madison County and getting a seat than you would in Boise just because there are lots more people here in Boise. Judge Stephen Boyce recently ruled, as you meant, as we mentioned earlier this morning, to sever Vallow Daybill's case from her husband's case. They were previously set to stand trial as co-defendants. Chad had uh, waived his right to a speedy trial, repeatedly asked for the date to be pushed back, citing new evidence his defense team uh, needs adequate time to test and review. Um, so Judge Boyce, with Lori Vallow Dayville not waiving 
her rights. She wants a speedy trial. Um, did finally decide Which, to sever the case. As we pointed out earlier, is probably way too late now anyway. <laughs> and now she's like, well, wait a minute. I wanted a speedy trial, but not this speedy. And as you pointed out, this has not been a speedy trial. No. Considering we've known about this for a long time, and yeah. there hasn't yet been a trial. So now her lawyer's uh, getting their wish of severing the uh, two cases are now concentrating because there is so much evidence turned over by the uh, prosecution that they claim that they aren't going to have time to go over everything, all the uh, video, audio, and everything else in the case uh, in the time. Uh, Judge Stephen Boyce ruled, you you wanted this, you got it, and this is what happens in a speedy trial. You've got to be able to get up to speed on a speedy trial. So he is not allowing this case to be pushed beyond April 3rd. So unless something else changes between now and then, plan on Lori Vallodaville beginning her defense on April 3rd. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 951, it is uh, 43 degrees in downtown Boise. Text message in from Kevin and Caldwell says, In regards to your last caller, I've known that the movement from the concerned citizens of Meridian was to never close the library from the inception of their movement, as I heard it from a news briefing on KBOI. That's there what I, that's kind of what I thought, too, because I, I had heard that everything that I had ever heard from them was that they don't want to close down the library, but this was their last mm-hmm. gasp to try to get something done. Meridian Wide has written in, if that is your real name, and says, listening to Mr. Hahn is like talking with my husband, Mean what you say and say what you mean. If you do not want to dissolve the MLD, Meridian Library District, don't title your petition, dissolve the MLD. If you want to reorganize the MLD, title your petition, reorganize the MLD. Last night, my hubby said we should start dinner when he really meant uh, I. I <laughs> me, his wife, should start dinner. Bah! Yeah, that's pretty funny. The, the problem is, and I, and I get where he's coming from on that, and and I I agree with you. However, I don't think there's any any legal precedence to reorganize the library district. I, I think that that was the point. You know, legally they went through and said, "All right, this is the only thing. If we want to reorganize, we have to disband it first. Mm-hmm. Even though they don't want to disband it, they've tried everything else to get." You know, to work with the library district, and as he said, they've refused. Now, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just going by what, you know, everybody has said. And so as far as, you know, retooling or whatever you want to call it, the Meridian Library District, you can't just walk in and say, hey, we're here to retool the Meridian Library District. What if you're carrying tools? That might help. Tom of Boise says regarding the... Trump classified document case under a special counsel investigation. The law that had been broken is by the person that leaked information relevant to its proceedings to ABC News. And that came from one of two camps, the judge or special counsel Jack Smith. Once again, a two-tiered prosecution. Yeah, it's just, like I said, I, I've I've just been amazed at, the number of things that have come out of the secret grand jury, also the um, ruling, who, which was sealed, supposed to be secret, mm-hmm. and yet we know who's been <laughs> giving testimony, what they've been saying, all that stuff. I don't know where it's coming from, 
But to me, that, that would be a little bit concerning. Stigma01 writes in and says, Hi, Chris. A couple of my liberal pals are openingly, I think it's probably open, openly, openly hoping Trump again is the Republican nominee for president. Why? They say he has turned out to be a serial loser and very unpopular with the all-important women voters in the suburbs. Could be. Before we go, I got a couple of reminders I wanted to uh, give to you today. Um, if you've been in search for a job or a potential change in your career, uh, employers from all types of industries going to be looking for workers today. They have a hiring event going on from one to four o'clock at the Boise Public Library, Cole and Eustick Branch, seventy-five fifty-seven West Eustick Road. Which is still open, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yes, they haven't voted to close that one down. A uh, wide number of employers, including some of the biggest employers in Idaho, will be looking for workers. Recommended that you bring your resume, get ready to talk about different job opportunities and whatnot. If you need uh, more information or to find tips on writing resumes uh, or completing applications, you can go to labor.idaho.gov. Once again, that's today from 1 until 4 o'clock. Uh, another reminder, um, Tree Fort, largest festival music festival in idaho gets underway today um through sunday and if you're going to be in downtown boise tonight or the rest of this week um you might want to plan on having to take a little while to get through because they're expecting over twenty thousand people to uh, be a part of downtown there will be music events going on all around downtown um so they're asking that you either uh Walk, bike, take a scooter. All the uh, the uh, scooters will be, uh, I think, thirty percent off during the uh, festival do, this week. Do the buskers show up for this too? I mean, Pro- probably, because they could probably make a buck here and there. You know, yeah. people are in the mood. That's it for today. I'm off, uh, headed to the NCAA tournament in Las Vegas. Rick Worthington will be filling in for me for the next couple of days. Um, I hopefully will win big and have lots of.